0: Are you in perimenopause or menopause and have questions? My co-host Andrea Donsky has a podcast called Menopause Reimagined where she answers your questions about this phase of life. So stay tuned at the end where I will share five minutes of her amazing podcast and there will be a link in the show notes where you can go and listen to the whole episode Andrea is brilliant, and she has worked so hard and knows her stuff. So be sure to check out Menopause Reimagined after this episode of Health Power. Thanks. In the last two years alone, world-renowned pianist Chad Lawson has profoundly reshaped the role that music plays in our daily lives and forged a powerful new pathway for healing. On his luminous new double album, Breathe, the North Carolina-based composer, expands on the extraordinary intentionality he first brought to his massively streamed 2020 effort you finally knew, transforming his decidedly modern take on classical music into a conduit for stillness, serenity, and self-reflection. Partly informed by his work as creator and host of the iHeartRadio Award-nominated podcast, Comet Down, Breathe ultimately establishes Lawson as an essential new voice exploring the intersection of music and wellness all while delivering an exquisitely crafted body of work whose melodic beauty transcends transcends all genre boundaries. So many of us, we could be listening to this and we might not even be breathing. I mean, clearly you're breathing your life, but you're like, <gasps> so everybody. <sighs> all right. <laughs> Chad, welcome to Health Power.
1: Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much. And you, you hit it spot on. It's like You know, I'm a certified breathwork instructor. And so, like, you know, it's very important to me. I'm a, you know, devoted yogi. And it's funny, like, sometimes at night, and it's not until, like, I'm laying in the bed where I'm like, whoa, I'm really shallow breathing right now. And this is, like, something that, like, you know, I profess to, like, know a little bit about. And, you know, I just have to bring my awareness to that. And I think you, you hit it so on point of just, like, you know, awareness yes breathe yes you are breathing and there are so many people like i breathe every day you know it right, doesn't matter yeah, about... yes but you also eat every day and how does that affect you right so like there is this idea of you know bringing awareness bringing attention um because the amazing thing about breathing it's funny that we just dive into this the amazing thing about breathing is it's like if you can control your breath you can control your environment and i think that's something that a lot of people kind of I don't want to say dismiss, but you know, my youngest he is um nine and he's a gymnastics freaking major. I mean, like he's just, you know, regionals and finals, you know, all over the country and stuff, and it's just bizarre. And one of the things I taught him early on was breathing. You know, it's just like the importance of being able to pause just for a second and just, you know, do some box breathing or just do some, you know, long inhales and exhales, it really changes everything. And so I, I think it's, you know, fantastic that you, you know, you kick started this off with that. So,
0: thank oh, good. You. Well, it really does. It, it makes a big difference because I'll notice, if, you know, I'm running around just completely out of my head and I'll have to stop and check my shoulders that they're mm-hmm. not up by my ears. And take some nice, deep breaths. That makes a big difference. First of all, when did you start playing piano?
1: <laughs> so I started playing the piano when I was five years old. I'm 48. So I've been playing for a little while. Um, you know, there, I'm going to date myself here. There used to be a television show called Shana. Oh my God. So Bowser. Bowser and screaming Scott Simon.
0: Yes. Right? So
1: like, you know, I did not grow up in a musical environment by any stretch, but we would sit and watch that show as a family. And I had no idea what the entrance were. I had no idea with any of that because again, I didn't grow up with it. But I see this guy and he is having the time of his life. He's just like smiling ear to ear, having so much fun. And that really left an impression on me. It's like, that's what I want to do. Whatever he's doing, that's what I want to be doing. So my parents they uh, they rented a piano and because who's going to believe a five year old is going to commit to anything <clears throat> and you know that was how many ever years ago and I still take piano lessons so it's it's one of the, one of those things where you know I just saw someone having fun and I thought it would be fun and of course you know in my teen years around thirteen just like every teenager does they want to like find their own place you know I wanted to quit. And uh, my mom was like, you're neither good enough nor smart enough to make that decision. So um, no, you're not going to. Uh, and I'm grateful. I'm so glad because I, 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 otherwise I don't know what I would be doing right now.
0: Yeah, it's so funny because my mom played piano okay. and apparently I have a really good ear. Like she'd play something once and I would be humming around the house as a kid. She goes, what is that? I'm like, mom, you just played that, you know? And, and I do, I have a nice singing voice and a good ear, but I was lazy. And <laughs> everything I took, I quit. Ballet, tap, tennis, piano. And my mom would always say, you're going to be sorry when you're older. And she's mm-hmm. right. I am. And especially about the piano. What was it like when you as a kid, though? You had that vision of joy. But what was the actual practicality? Because for me, <laughs> when I had to practice, <laughs> I was like, I, I want to go to my best friend's house and play with her dog.
1: That, that's honestly it. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, NPR had the most amazing, you know, piece on years ago. And it was talking about musicians. And it was like, musicians, you know, it's funny because they spend their entire life alone in a room with an instrument. And then all of a sudden, you know, you put them out in public and you expect them to be the the social butterfly. And they are like, no, that's not how they've, you know, grown up. Um, so I'm definitely, I like my, you know, I like my, I love rainy days. Um, I love being at the piano. Um, but for me, personally, you know, personally, that doesn't—it means scales or pieces, right? I just love being at the piano. Now, my studio is detached from the house because people used to ask my wife all the time, "Isn't it just wonderful to be married to a pianist?" And she's like, "No, it's not. You get to hear all the pretty stuff. I don't." And um, you know, but there is like a sense of. It's funny because I, I joke that I chose the wrong career in the sense of I don't like the spotlight. I don't like the attention, right? I would much rather be behind the scenes, um, rather than seeing my name on a magazine or on a marquee. Um, that's just not really why I wake up in the day. And so it's been a an internal struggle that I've had to deal with in the last couple of <laughs> decades. Um because like i really just want to sit and write music that i enjoy and the interesting thing is before the pandemic i would get emails quite often about you know i'm going through a really difficult season you know i'm going through a divorce or i just lost a loved one to you know whatever it may be and you know your music just really is helping me right now and i just go home and i lay on the floor and i listen to your music for 45 minutes and and it just enables to me kind of um, emotionally heal. And then once we hit the pandemic, that only just you know, intensified as far as like hearing from people. And I think there are so many layers as to why, but there was one lady in particular, and I'll never forget this. And she wrote, it was a Saturday morning at 7 a.m. And she said, I'm listening to one of your songs. And the tempo of this song matches the pacing of my husband's breath as he takes his last one. And that one just really hit me. It was like really, really, really hit me. And I had this Eureka moment of that's why my name is on a magazine. That's why my name is on a marquee. That's why we're doing a podcast interview. Right. It's not because I'm trying to like, you know, project the brand of chad lawson or whatever it is that he's trying to do you know artistically or even selfishly it's to help people you know to help people yeah and so like if i have this opportunity to be able to you know because the interesting thing is that lady i replied to her and i wrote back and I, i never heard back from her and so i was like you know what that was her space i'm just gonna leave that there but that lady had no idea how many stages I've worked on. She has no idea what, you know, where I am in the billboard charts. She has no idea how fast or how slow I can play. None of that mattered. What mattered was that at that moment, I created something that was emotionally healing for her and was holding her hand through one of the most difficult things that she's never going to forget. And that's the thing. It's just like, you know, you take those life memorable instances, birth, marriages. And the passing of someone; those are key things. And with each of those, I hear all the time how my music is heard or used in those those activities. And so that's the thing; it's just like I don't take it lightly, right? Yeah. So it's like if someone is going to bring me into their most memorable moment in life, then by all means, that is something that I I don't look, you know, kind of um, passively on. And yeah. I, I, I think it's one of those things where it's like. Okay. That's, that's the reason because it took a global pandemic for all of us to stop and ask ourselves, what am I doing with my life?
0: Yeah.
1: Like what kind of life am I living? And is it one I want to continue to live, you know, as we slowly come out of this thing. And I think you had a lot of people because this is where all the emails were coming in. And so I think you had a lot of people that were like, you know what, I've have, I have this time of reflection I have a lot of things that I've been carrying that I want to leave at the door when we come out of this. I just don't know how. And so that album Breathe was really kind of like my hope was it was that catalyst to be able to allow people to be able to release those things that maybe they didn't know how to. Right. right. And so that's where like the music comes into place and that's where the breathing comes into place. And um, yeah, I'm just grateful. I'm, I'm really grateful you know, I, I waited tables for 15 years and, and I said, that was always the biggest education for me, at least for more from, you know, my music career is because you learn waiting tables, you learn to accommodate people's needs without them realizing they have a need. Right. So like if someone is low on a beverage and they ask me, Hey, can I please have some more, whatever I've missed that opportunity. And so if I'm able to, see their need before they even realize it and replenish whatever it is they need without them asking that's the the role that i'm supposed to be doing not only you know artistically or creatively but also emotionally because there's a lot of people and they're like i i have an emotional need i just can't put a name on it i don't know what it is and i need to help figuring this out you know and I have a podcast that's centered around mental and emotional health and a couple of episodes i talked about this recently which is like fear like when you can put a name on whatever it is of that anxiety of that depression of that um whatever the struggle is you're going through if you're able to take that time and to sit down and close your eyes and be like okay why do i always get anxious when it comes to this date well perhaps a the mortgage, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. So like, if we can get to the point where we can name, whatever it is, our anxieties are all of a sudden that anxiety loses power because now we have control because when it's not named, we right. have no idea. The analogy I use in the episode in my studio, you can't see it right now, but there's a door on the other side of us. If someone were to come up to this door and knock on the door, I have no idea who is there. No idea. And it's not, and so I'm like, oh my gosh, is it my son? Is it, you know, a neighbor? Is it a stranger or whatever it may be? But it's not until I open the door and I recognize, oh, it's you. Okay. Oh, Um, yeah. It's my son. Let's go play basketball. And, but as soon as you recognize that, that, that um, questioning, that anxiety, that like almost panic of like, who's on the other side of that door, as soon as you see that person, you recognize them, you're like, Oh, cool. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. I I know you are. Let's, let's go do whatever. Well, anxiety is the same way, right? So like we are able to stop and ask ourselves, okay, why am I sad? Like, why am I depressed? Well, what is your environment? Where, what's your circle? Are you in a circle? Not really. Okay. Well, so then what do we do? Well, can you volunteer? Can you go work at a library? And so you begin to like peel back this heavy, heavy onion each layer and trying to like be able to name why we're feeling the way that we we feel. But all of that comes from what you opened up with, which was taking a breath. It's all gotta start somewhere, right? Yeah. And that's where life started. Life starts with the breath. And so it's you know how we how we uh, have to go back to the fundamentals.
0: Well, you know, I was thinking about your mom and When I was, uh, so I did, I played flute from fourth grade to eighth grade. Okay. And because my mom's like, you have to play an instrument. I wanted to play drum. She said, no.
1: Of
2: course.
0: (laughs) So I said, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll play flute. And I didn't want to be in the marching band. And I, I, most part of it was, I just didn't think I could march and play. Like I had a really low self-esteem and I thought I'm just gonna be tripping over myself. I don't like football. High school seems stupid. I just want to hang out with my friends and I'm not joining any groups and I'm not joining. I regret it. My high school was so, I was so bored. (laughs) It was so stupid. But anyway, long story short, I was so afraid to tell my mom. And I told my mom, she's like, okay. And I'm like, like invasion of the body snatchers or something. Like I thought she was going to force me. And I remember being so grateful. And now I'm like, damn it. I wish she had, just like with you, I wish she had made me keep playing. The other thing that you said about not wanting to be in the spotlight, I think your discomfort allows other people comfort, which is beautiful, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're not out there, how's that person going to find your music and find your stuff?
1: Well, you know, the people that, the people that hear you are the ones that are ready to hear you. And you have to look at life that way. Like the people that you engage with, there's an energy, right? And so it's like, there's an energy to, we kill everything that we want. And, you know, yes, that's kind of Oscar Wildish, but it's like, you know, you imagine something that you want really bad. I have a sweet tooth, right? Okay. Um, so like, let's take a chocolate chip cookie and just like how oh, I just love chocolate chip cookies. And like, if I'm just constantly thinking about chocolate chip cookie and like nothing else exists in this world and I have to have, I have to have, I have to have, there's almost like this sense of like, all of a sudden that chocolate chip cookie, the energy around it, I know I'm getting a little woo woo here to stick with me. The energy around it is like, Hey man, you're yeah, taking a step back just a little bit. <laughs> it's cool to like a cookie at all. Right? Um, But if you bring that that analogy into relationships, into finances, into anything that's emotionally related, that's where it really gets attached to things, you know, as far as like, um, you know, someone that's saying, oh, I wish I had a best friend. I just want a best friend. I just want a best friend. And so when they meet someone at a supermarket and all of a sudden like like this is it this is going to be my best friend all of a sudden that energy is just like whoa hold on taco it's uh let's let's eat, eat. I i just came in to get some milk really so you know it's like if we can get to that mindset of the energy that you are putting out there is going to land exactly where it's supposed to land. And so the people that have read your book, the people that are listening to your podcast, they were prime for that reading, for that listening, exactly when it was supposed to happen. Because otherwise, had they turned it on on a bad day, they'd have been like, yeah, I don't want to listen to this again.
0: Right. Right. You know, it's so funny because I did that Well, a couple of years ago. I met this woman and I don't remember how we met, but it seemed like we had everything in common. And I literally was like, oh, my God, this is great. And I would sign, like, on my text, love ya. You know, she's kind of like, okay, you know. And then I got to know her. And this is not good.
1: Well, and you're a lovely person, too. I mean, you have that, like, you have that magnetism to you. And so oh. you, you know, you feed off that. You obviously are, uh, you know, a... a um... Extrovert. <laughs> well that but like you know everybody has like you know i'm i'm a huge believer i realize the book is like faith-based but like the five love languages um if you if you take the idea of them not being love languages but being currency like emotional currency right you have you have um words of affirmation you have time you have touch you have gifts and acts of service right and so it's like what is that currency of that person that you're engaging with and so like when you learn what that currency is then you're like okay cool i know how to connect with this person then i know how i know what they need i know what their needs are because like you know what my wife's words of praise or, excuse me um, currency is is far different than mine and vice versa and so it's like but it, it took me realizing you know what my kids currencies are right? Their currencies are Pokemon cards. And so like, yes, I get annoyed when I walk into like, you know, their room and there's Pokemon cards everywhere. And I just (laughs) like want to pick them up and throw them away. But I'm like, wait, that's their, that's their currency because they don't work. They're nine and 12. And so like to them, that is, that is money to them. Right. And so like, I had to take a step back and be like, hold on, let me look at this in the, you know, more holistic picture. And so relationships can be that way too. It's just like, two things you have to know what your currency is and when you're beginning to get you know drafted and, and deficient in your account and yeah. the other thing is you know finding people that you know you may not share the same currency but you know what their currency is and then so you have this expectation i'm not going to go to france and try to spend us dollars everywhere i go because they're not going to accept it so why would i get frustrated at that right right yeah um, if i go to france with euros then they'll be like oh lovely let's connect right yeah so relationships are the same way
0: yeah it's it yeah cuz it's like oh my god we both love healthy living and dogs but that's not yeah. enough
1: i see this in and and my wife as well. My wife is a very extrovert, like relation, relation, relation. And we met waiting tables. That's actually where we met. And so we're both caretakers. So we're both like people that like go overboard to the point where like it's annoying. Right. And so I'm like, I have to like, you got to pull back a little bit. Right. But I I hear you with that. And, And it's difficult. It's really difficult to like, you know, be in a place where you may not have that community. And then what do you do with that?
0: Right. Right. Yeah. You know, loneliness. I know that the surgeon general, I think, just was talking about epidemic of loneliness.
1: But, you know, so with my podcast, uh, that's one of the things I hear the most. Will you do an episode of loneliness? Like I have people in my life and I'm still lonely. And so I think it's one of those things where it's like, I think the pandemic showed us how lonely we were, you know? And we've never, either we haven't wanted to admit it or we've just kind of suppressed it so much with activities. And, you know, yeah, I mean, everybody has like a different point of view on the touchscreen as far as like social media and TikTok and it's good and bad and whatnot. I, I, I think it's really interesting in the sense of the one good thing that has kind of come out of it, in my opinion, this is just me, is you're beginning to see where you're definitely not alone. Right. Like with yeah. the podcast, um, most of my content comes from TikTok because you have this young, not even young, you have this like swath of people that are like, this is what I'm going through and I'm not going to suppress it. I'm totally going to put it out there and I don't care. But I'm not going to be of that generation where we just keep mum and we're just like, you know, diseased inside. And so I applaud, you know, the social medias that or at least making that a platform where people can go out there and be like, this sucks. And I'm, I'm and, and am I alone in this? And then people are like, Oh my gosh, I'm going through the exact same thing. I thought right. I was alone. I felt this way. Right. Yeah. And so like, you know, there are days where like, I'll just do a deep dive in TikTok, and the al- algorithms of TikTok are so intense that my wife will come through and she'll just see me bawling and she'll know she won't even, she won't have to say a word. She knows that I'm, I'm researching and I'm just like learning about like these pockets of mental health that aren't really being talked about, they're not in the textbooks because they are so new, you know dehumanization, derealization, things that were like you know you have this uh, disassociative um individual you know things where like you know you have these groups of people that are like, i am struggling and help me, and I don't think we've really had that before, and so I think it's kind of powerful and around right about well yes, there are definitely, you know, drawbacks to being on the screen all the time and whatnot. But at least it's getting us to talk.
0: Right. Yeah. I once got 17 mosquito bites in under four minutes. I am not exaggerating. It was a very hot and humid day. It was woodsy. But 17! I am no longer going to be getting bug bites, mosquito bites in particular, because I use One Earth Body Care's Bite Me Not Natural Bug Spray. It's powerfully effective against mosquitoes, black flies, and no-seams. Oil of lemon eucalyptus gives four-hour-plus protection. It's deep-free. It does not absorb into bloodstream with biovanillin and essential oils for a warm, fruity aroma. It is 15% off until the end of June 2023. And if you forget to put on your Bite Me Not Natural Bug Spray, Right? Be sure to pick up their itch be gone. It is a wonderful soothing salve and herbal infusion with essential oils to calm insect bites and inflammation. I swear by this. I wake up in the middle of the night itchy. I put this on, I go right back to sleep. It's amazing. So please go to com. 15% off their itch be gone and their bite me not and check out all of the other great stuff. They've got shampoo bars, conditioner bars, they've got stuff for your pets. They've got dry skin care and so much more. Check them out, oneearthbodycare.com. Once you have had a wonderful dog, a life without one is a life diminished that's a quote by author Dean Coots, and I couldn't agree more. I want my wonderful dogs to live as long as possible, and what they eat plays a huge role in their health and longevity. Kibble is full of seed oils that wreak havoc on our dog's health. They damage their microbiome, which affects digestion, oral health, their skin and coat, and more. And that's why I feed my dog, Benji, Yumwoof. Their air-dried food is GMO-free and has an inflammation-reducing recipe with omega-3 and coconut oil. It's all the benefits of fresh food without the fridge, carbs, fillers, seed oils, and other inflammatory ingredients you see in other brands. Yum Woof, obsessively crafted a healthy low-carb food with humanely raised USDA meat, eggs, and other non-GMO superfoods that my dog loves. Try the number one air-dried dog food for gut health for 50% off a trial of Yumwoof. That's 50% off a trial of yumwoof. Go to www.yumwoof.com. That's www. dot you and your dog will be so glad you did. Right. Well, my daughter's neurodivergent and and gay, and she's got into neurodivergent TikTok. And she's like, oh, my God, this person with autism. Oh, my God, this person with ADHD. Oh, my God, this person with anxiety. You know, And, and, and it just really is validating. makes you feel less alone. Mm-hmm. They give you ideas sometimes of like, well, here's how I cope with I'm having an anxiety issue. Or here's how I right. cope with, you know my introvertedness but wanting to talk to people or social anxiety or and, and it, it does and i think that part's great although sometimes i wish we could just go back to the 70s but have the advances we've had in terms of exactly. women and people of color and gay and lesbian. yes, you know yes. but just exactly. like oh it's saturday afternoon let's go run around and ride bikes and roller skate you know like just simple yeah. i miss yeah. that you know i miss yeah. that and music let's just listen to music and listening to music is so incredibly comforting. I was listening to Just Breathe on your new it's your latest song, right? On your new album. It's yeah. it's stunning. And I was just laying mm-hmm. on my bed. I, I've spent the last I kind of went crazy, like crazy cleaning. I spent 6 hours Saturday, 6 hours Sunday, 6 hours Monday. You're right. I put I got rid of 70 books donating. Mm-hmm. I cleaned out bedrooms and closets and I mean it's it's amazing. Anyway, I'm exhausted. And so I put this song on last night and it was just like, oh, this is nice. Nice. I so appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's just beautiful. So connecting back to the music, how does it come to you? Is it like in dribs and drabs or did little did things come all at once when you're creating?
1: You know, it's it's funny, like I, the way that I write music, it's a little different than um, traditional composers. So some people, they write 45 minutes every day religiously. And some people, they have their own little you know ways of, they see a sunset and so they're like, oh, I'm going to go write a song. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, you know, and I burst a lot of bubbles when I say this, like I don't write from inspiration. Uh, very rarely. It's happened, but very rarely. Um, for me, I get a melody in my head and then another melody in my head and then another and then another and another. And finally, when I have all these melodies in my head, I finally sit down and I write out the melodies and then I begin crafting the song around the melody. Now this entire time I name the songs, whatever key the song is. So I don't, you know, name it. I don't give it a name yet because it hasn't been really born yet. And the way that I look at it is I wait for the song to tell me what it's about. And it will when given time, because the way I look at ideas, ideas are living creatures. And so like if you are given an idea and you're like, oh, it's a good idea. Uh, I'll, I'll get to it tomorrow and then another day and then another day. Eventually, the idea is going to get bored with you because you're not birthing it into creation. And so the idea is going to move on to someone else that is going to allow it to go out into the world music is the same way. And so it's one of those things where like, you know, if I get a melody in my head, then I'm going to write it out, but I'm, I'm not the owner of it. I'm just like the catalyst behind it. And so the reason why I don't name them is because that melody is that song. It's going to affect everyone differently than what it does with me. So why would I create a song called sunflowers and you know in the backyard because then instantly everyone is already has a picture of sunflowers in the backyard and they're like well yeah i hate sunflowers i don't like sunflowers so that song doesn't relate to me right or i don't have a backyard or i love sunflowers right and so it's like already you're kind of manipulating what people's emotions are and that's not what
0: music is supposed to do that is so smart
1: and so what I do is, um, and so if you look at the recording session, like everything is like, C, like most of the songs right now, even I still write down B flat, C minor, whatever. Um, and they're like, "Oh, what's the name of that song?" I'm like, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't remember. It's B flat. Um, and so what I do is, I then record the album, and then I take a month away from listening to it. I don't listen to the songs, and then I'm a huge literature nerd. I'm a huge poetry nerd, and then I'll just sit down with a. And stack of books and i'll play the album on in the background super light like is you know i'm not my focus is not there my focus is on what i'm reading and then i'll read something and be like oh that kind of reminds me of that one song let me go back to it and then i'll play that song like you know on, on the, the album whatever and i'll read to that again and be like yeah That really fits really well. Now, there are times where the song will tell me what it is in the moment. And so, for instance, there's a song in this album, Breathe, called Fields of Forever. Had no idea what the song was about. G minor, that's the name of the song and so we're at abbey road and we're recording and i've got this amazing violinist with me her name is esther Yu, and i have this cellist his name is peter gregson and so we're in the room where like the beatles did most of their albums and so it's like just the whole setting and everything is just unbelievable red light is on we're recording it's going really well so i'm like don't mess up don't mess up we're almost to the end and i just instantly started getting flooded these images of my mom and dad and their happiest moments. And I don't mean like big grandiose moments. I mean, just like everyday mundane, sitting on the couch, taking a drive on the parkway, having a picnic, like those moments. And, you know, it was significant because I, I lost my dad, you know, a couple of years ago, two years ago in 2020. And so like, I'm getting flooded with these images of just like their happiest moments. And how grateful I am that I got to grow up in that environment. And I literally like almost started weeping during the recording of this. And I'm like, okay, th- yes. Thank you for telling me what you are about. Could you have waited just a few more minutes? Because <laughs> I would have been done. And um, and so, you know, we got through the song. And so that recording, that that song on that album, that was during that moment. We didn't go back and do another, another take or anything like that at all. That was the take. And, you know, the reason why it's called Fields are Forever is because I grew up in that environment where I was fortunate enough. I'm one of the lucky ones to see my parents in that role. And I learned from that. And so now I want my kids to be able to see my wife and I in the same role that I saw my parents do. And so Fields are Forever. So I'm planting seeds in, in the hopes that they will just continue to, you know, and all that stems from my parents. Right. Um. But the interesting thing is that is the most um, responsive song from the album. Like there are so many people who are like I just sit and weep when I hear that. And be it live, be it recorded, they don't know the story or anything like that at all and they're like whatever that song is about, I just sit and weep. It just really touches. And so if you if you allow yourself To let go of whatever has been given to you and to not hold on to it and take ownership of it, it's going to reach in such a manner. You know, you look at like young children, their very first two words are mine, no. And that's it. And that's, that's like what, that's our innate, you know, kind of um, mindset. It's like, no, it's mine or no. I'm gonna keep it right? right and so what happens well there has to, there is like this correctedness that happens well it's the same way in life right so like if I take something like this song I'm like no this is my song you can't use it you can't do this then all of a sudden I'm no longer serving the purpose of what that song is meant to do in other people's lives right, right. And so we have to look at like life and every approach that we do that way
0: that's right. so true what what tips do you have for people who Just say, I don't even have time to breathe. I don't have time to make set up a practice. I mean, I don't think it has to be super elaborate, right?
1: Not at all. Not at all. Well, you could start with 30 seconds. And the way way I do it, especially with people that are trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out, is take your phone, put a timer for one minute. Literally just one minute. And so what you're wanting to do is you're wanting to count your inhale and exhale as one breath. So when you take an inhale and then you exhale, that's one. See what your count is for one minute. Like, literally, you're just trying to see. okay, the average is going to be around 14, 15, give or take, Um, 16. So you're just breathing uh,
0: normally, you're saying? Just breathing normally. Just breathing
1: normally. But here's what's happening. What you're doing is you're beginning to put your mind on one thing to focus on. And that's literally just your inhale and your exhale. Because what happens with meditation? A lot of people are like, "Oh, I've tried meditating, and it's just sitting with my eyes closed, and I'm still thinking of all the things, but it was just when my eyes closed." So, like, <laughs> which very valid, very valid. So, like, you know, the Chinese have, they had this amazing old proverb where, like, if you imagine this old horse carriage, and this horse carriage is just beat beyond disrepair. I mean, it's just abused like you wouldn't imagine. And it's being led by the, like these two wild horses and they're going like every which direction and just all over the place. And, and this carriage is being driven by this person that's on top and maybe they're reading a newspaper, maybe they're just looking off in the clouds. And then the person inside the carriage is asleep or maybe they're just daydreaming, right? And then the way that the Chinese tell this is that that carriage is our body. Just beaten, abused, like you would not believe. And then these wild horses that are just kind of like going just all over the place with no direction, with no structure whatsoever. That's our emotions. And then the person that's like leading this carriage, that's our mind, right? And then the person inside the carriage, that's our purpose. They say soul, but I like the idea of it just being our purpose. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to get those horses and trying to bring them back together. But That comes with like getting that person that's driving the carriage to actually pay attention. And so what we're doing is we're bringing our attention to our breath. And so our focus is on one thing. And so here's what's going to happen is a lot of times people, when they even start doing this one minute breath thing, after about 20, 30 seconds, they're going to get an idea. And the thing is not to like, let it go and just dismiss. No, that's not it at all. It goes back to like what we were talking about earlier, which is like naming whatever it is, because when you name it, now you can dismiss it. You're like, oh yeah, that water bill is due. Cool. I'm going to get to that in just a little bit, right? I'll come back to it, right? So you can dismiss it, but you have to be able to have the ability to do so. And so what you're trying to do is you're trying to do just one minute. You are to count. And then before you go to bed, do it again. See if you can like make it one less than what it was earlier. So if your average was 15 or 16, see if you can do 14 or 15 breaths this time. And so what we're doing is we're beginning to slow down our heart rate. When we slow down our heart rate, we're slowing down the automatic nervous system, which is basically what um, is a switch inside that says, hey, let's get calm. And so it's that powerful. And so, you know, even with I I tell a lot of people like two minutes max after you get past this one minute thing. It's, whereas like your daily routine can literally be two minutes of that. Even if you that's you amazing. know if you take just two minutes before your feet hit the floor and then before you turn out the light at night, right? Um, and the reason why that's the case is because like before you hit the floor. We all know that like everything just you know goes off the rails like once our feet hit the floor, and so what that's doing is that's getting ourselves prepared for that. Again, we're naming whatever it is that we're about to like you know have thrown at us, and so if we take two minutes or even just one minute and take these inhales and these exhales, and you know you're not like you know you're not you know um, you're not. Focusing on anything else except just literally the rise and fall of your stomach, it's going to allow you to be in a place where you're like, okay, here we go. Let's go. And you can do this anywhere. I mean, the amazing thing is, like, you know, there's a thing called box breathing, which is like um, square breathing. And they teach it to Navy SEALs before they even give them a weapon. So I was just like, wait, the most stressful job on the entire planet for like the strongest people imaginable. You're going to teach them how to breathe. What? What is this madness? Um, and it's because it all is, you know, rooted in being able to calm the environment that you're you're in. So
0: yeah. do you work with people?
1: I do. Yeah. And so and actually what I've been doing more and more lately is doing this at universities. So schools are, you know, I did I did a breathwork session at Stanford and there was one at Auburn and just, I, I don't want to leave anybody out right now, but there's a lot of universities and I'm getting more and more of leading these guided meditation sessions, breathwork sessions at universities because now post-pandemic, you have a lot of students that have never left home before. And that's, that's oh. you know, anxiety enough. Now add in, you know, the mixture of, you know, post COVID and just stress and what they've been through these last few years, I don't think we're really going to see it until, you know, down the road of like what really happened.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you have such a soothing voice and a soothing (laughs) presence. (laughs) I mean, just seeing you, I'm just like, ah.
1: I so appreciate that. Thank
0: you. I'm curious about combining, would you have people listen to your music while they're doing their breathing? Yeah, they can. Honestly, I
1: I, I tell them to listen to whatever they enjoy listening to. There's so much music out there. You know, you've got Bach, you've got the Beatles, you got Drake, you got, you know, you know, whatever it is that does not cause you discomfort because that's what we're trying to get away from. There was an amazing study from Harvard and Oxford Press that said listening to calming music for three to five minutes, just three to five minutes elevates this thing called BDNFs. So BDNFs is a hormone in our body and it's nicknamed the happy hormone. So if you ever go for a run or if you're out walking in nature or if you're having coffee with a friend, the reason why you feel good, there's science to this, is these BDNF levels are are elevated in your body. And so there's a science to it. Now, the interesting thing about this study is music was one of those that elevates this BDNFs. But the fascinating thing that I found personally, music was the only passive thing. Everything else was an active thing. So walking, sitting with somebody, you know, running. Um, But music was the thing where you could literally just go on the floor and just hit play. And all of a sudden you start feeling better. (laughs) <laughs> and that's amazing. <laughs> you know, I've been playing music for, I, I don't even want to count like how long. And it's only been within the last couple of years that I really brought back like how fun music is. I, I was I was touring and I cannot remember where I was, but this is a couple of years ago. And it was right when Harry Styles had that song, um, As It Was. Came out. It was like it came up on the, the radio. The only
0: one I know is Watermelon Sugar, I think. Right, I'm exactly.
1: Not... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was a new single by his, and I was like, that's so fun. Like, and I'm, I'm you know, I wasn't like a huge Harry Styles fan. I mean, I appreciated stuff, but but I'm like, like the windows were down and it was a beautiful day, and this mu and this song was on, and I just felt so good. And I was like, how funny it is I'm in this industry when was the last time that I just smiled listening to something right? Instead of it just being like music, analyze, write, compose, you know, critique. And I was like, this is what music is supposed to do. It's supposed to make you feel good. And I had forgotten that. And so, you know, going back to your point, you know, what do you listen to when you're doing this? Something that just makes you smile, something that makes you feel good. And it doesn't, doesn't have to be Chad Lawson. I mean, you know, if you want it to be, I'm, I'm grateful, Um, but it doesn't have to be. So, yeah.
0: Well, you know, it's funny because I'm that mom in the carpool that sings and the yeah. kids nowadays are all on their phones with their earbuds in. Yeah. So nobody, once in a while, I know they'll take them out. One girl's like, my my daughter's like, mom, do you have to sing? I'm trying to listen. And and one of the girls in carpool is <laughs> like, I like when your mom sings. And I'm like, thank you.
1: That's awesome. My
0: happy song when I'm in the car, especially if it's summer, is Boston's more than a feeling?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely! Oh My God,
0: you roll down the windows; absolutely. it brings me back to the seventies. I always yeah. think about my best friends. She had older brothers and sisters, like four of them. And yeah. they'd be in the driveway working on the Camaro or hanging out, and and seventies rock would be blasting. And oh my gosh. I just that song is just so good, so, right? Oh my gosh, yeah, I love it. And especially certain times of year, some year I'm like, oh my God, just crank it up.
1: Well, what a great voice to sing to, Tom!
0: Uh, oh, can't... God, was he his voice? Him and the guy from Bad Company. Oh yeah! Oh, oh my gosh. God, his voice uh, is beautiful. That's awesome. Beautiful. Oh, I love Bad Company. Anyway, Chad, you are fabulous. I, I, oh, am so excited. I mean, talking to you has just been absolutely delightful.
1: Ivan, this has definitely made made my day.
0: Me too. Was well, there anything you want to add? And I hope you'll come back.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. I would love to. No, I, please, you know, keep me keep me posted. That's is. Next time we'll talk about dogs. We'll talk yes. about dogs. Yeah,
0: I'm thinking you should come on Dog Eared. I just interviewed Verity Hardcastle. She is a kind of a famous dog groomer who's been a judge on a show on the BBC, and she's done all right. these cool stuff. And she wrote a book called Happy Dog, Happy You. Oh my god! And she <laughs> she has a whole thing in her book about mindfulness. And okay. your own mindfulness and how that affects your dogs. Yeah. So yeah, you should come on and we can talk about this stuff as that. well. I think it's fascinating. How do we reach you? How do we find all your great music?
1: Chadlawson.com. And then anything, you know, social media related is either Chad Lawson or Chad Lawson Piano. So nice. I love that. And then I have a podcast called Calm It Down.
0: I'm going to be listening.
1: Cool. Just don't drive while you're listening to it.
0: I'm like, so. oh, here I am. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's meant to relax. <laughs> This is the greatest yeah.
1: compliment ever. Because here's the thing: going back yeah. to meditation, really quick. The, sure, of course. No,
0: no, no. Take your time.
1: Um, people are like, well, I always fall asleep when I meditate. Yes, because your body is so tired that when it sees an opportunity for rest, it's going to take it. So don't get frustrated with yourself when you start nodding off. That's a good sign. You may want to go to bed a little earlier, um right. <laughs> But you know, don't be frustrated with yourself and don't don't give up on it, right? The interesting thing you were talked about like giving up on so many things. Yeah. I read this I I I really wish I could take credit for this but I, I can't. I, but I read this article the other day and it was talking about um kids and when to let them quit things, particularly sports, right? Um and this person I was like, "Oh, this is so good." Where they, you know, the kid was like, "I want to quit, let's say soccer." I'm just making this up. Like, I want to quit soccer. And why? Well, I'm I'm just not good. I just hate it. And you know, I don't have any friends there or whatever. And so, you know, of us are like, well, we don't want you to be in something you're not enjoying. So, okay, yeah, go ahead. And this mentality, they turn it around the other way, which is like, you can quit, but only on a good day.
0: Oh, that's mean? awesome. And so
1: what they would do is like, they would go and like, they'd have a soccer game and they'd win the game and be like, all right, man, man, that, that's great. Great job. Well, it's a shame. It's your last game. Last game. What are you talking about? Well, you, you, we're quitting. Why are we quitting? You said you wanted to, to quit, but we just won the game, you know? So it's like, if you can get yourself in that mindset of saying, I can quit anytime, but it has to be on a good day. I was like, that's profound. I really wish I could take credit for that, but I can't. So I
0: that So is so profound. Oh God, I wish my mom had done that. Chad, you're amazing. I'm thank you so seriously- much. I so
1: enjoy this Lisa so much. Appreciate your time. Have a wonderful rest of the week. And um, yeah, thank you so much.
0: Well, thank you. Everybody keep coming back to health, power, rate, review, subscribe, and be sure to check out my new sponsor. I just want to give a shout out because I am i am one of those people, if I don't believe in a product, then I'm not going to use it. So One Earth Body Care is a just a family-owned business. And I was at a craft fair, like long story short, they had natural deodorant and all this stuff. And I said, there's no natural deodorant that's ever worked for me. And this guy's like, I'm telling you, my wife makes all this stuff. It'll work. And I'm like, it's not going to work. And then there's these bar shampoos. And I'm like, my daughter has tried every shampoo under the sun. She's even done that thing where you fill out a form and they formulate nothing. I don't smell anymore. (laughs) My skin has never been softer. They have a dry skin fix. They have a bug spray that works. If you forget your bug spray, they have a bite me not thing. It's all natural. It's all. It's it's called one earth body care. It's insane. Oh, and so my daughter who gets this expensive stuff with the quiz and the whole thing. Yeah, her hair looked a little better. She used a bar, the soap and the conditioner bar. Her hair's, I mean, it was insane. I have pictures. Go to at atlisadavidsnph.com, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I posted a video over here. I want people to use things that are natural, good for them, what you put in oh. your body, what you put on your body, oneearthbodycare.com. Please check them out. And uh, check out Dogeared and keep coming back.
2: You've probably heard about the benefits of intermittent fasting. But in today's video, we're going to talk about its relationship to women in perimenopause and menopause. So stick around. Hi, everyone. Today, I want to welcome Dr. Jamicia Braxton Barrett to our show. She is a family nurse practitioner, and I'm so happy to have you on our show because we've been wanting to do this collaboration for a while, and I'm really excited to talk to you about intermittent fasting.
3: So welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. I'm excited, too. Let's start with what is a family nurse practitioner? Okay. So a family nurse practitioner is a registered nurse who has gone back and gotten her master's degree in nursing. And the family portion of that means that we can take care of patients from the cradle to the grave. So we can take care of everything in between. There's also different types of nurse practitioners. There's pediatric, there's critical care, there's uh, psychiatric. So we're the ones who are pretty much primary care.
2: Okay, I love it. And today we're going to talk about intermittent fasting. Okay. Now, I'm a very big fan of inter- intermittent fasting, but I would love you to give, I know, right? <laughs> I would love you to give a definition. Like, what is intermittent fasting and why is it good for us?
3: Okay, so intermittent fasting is really just simply periods of eating and periods of fasting. And it's good for us because it really, in women, it really regulates our hormones. So it's really good for us. And I'm sure. People out there have heard about it, but it's so important when it comes to women who are in perimenopause and menopause. So does that answer your question?
2: Uh, Absolutely, it does. And I love that you went right into the health benefits of it, especially for women in perimenopause and menopause. What are some of the other health benefits for intermittent fasting or IF?
3: Oh, my goodness. So, Andrea, there are so many different benefits, not just, like you said, for perimenopause and menopause, but for anyone who wants to try it. The benefits are decreased insulin resistance, which is very important if you're trying to get rid of fat and weight loss and also level out your blood sugars if you are a diabetic. Also, the benefits are increased, um, what we call in the brain, it's uh, BDNF, which is brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And that is awesome as well. It protects you against Alzheimer's disease. It can read rejuvenate uh, nerve cells in the brain. Also, of course, the benefit would be weight loss. Another benefit is there's an increase in um, human growth hormone as well. And there is a slight decrease in cortisol, depending on how you do intermittent fasting. And I guess we'll get into that a little bit more um, a little bit later, but there are so many different benefits. Um, and also there's uh, longevity. Benefit of longevity, as far as if you're trying to live forever, like myself. No, I'm sorry. just joking.
2: <laughs> well, it has that. Well, the anti-aging bit be- is a big yeah. factor of it, right? Yeah. It obviously, is the big benefit for it. So, you said so many things there, and I want to kind of break it down for a second. Sure. So, BDNF, obviously, amazing for. Uh, our brain, how does intermittent fasting help BDNF? Like, what is the actual mechanism that it's doing for us?
3: Okay, so when you're in a fasting state, it increases that particular hormone or that factor in the brain. And it allows the brain to kind of repair itself. And we didn't know about that type of research until here the last, I wanna say, the last 10 to 15 years or so. Um, as, as far as that research is concerned. It also allows you to have, get rid of that brain fog that you get um, and have some clarity. Does that answer your question?
2: Yeah, it definitely does. And you also mentioned hormones, so it helps to regulate hormones. Now, yes. hormones, insulin we know is a, is a hormone as well. Yes. And let's talk a minute about blood sugar because for women in perimenopause and menopause, it is a major issue.